Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 10th of October, the 283rd day of 2022. We have 82 days ahead of us until 2023. Today in 1780, the Atlantic Ocean had its deadliest recorded hurricane, killing 20,000 to 30,000 people in the Caribbean, hitting Barbados first. Today in 1846, Neptune's moon Triton was discovered by William Lassell. Today in 1865, John Wesley Hyatt patented the billiard ball made from cellulose nitrate, also known as celluloid, in Albany, New York. Today in 1871, the Great Chicago Fire, by legend begun when Mrs. O'Leary's cow kicked over a lantern, came to an end after three days, leaving 300 dead, 100,000 people homeless, and costing $222 million in damage. Today in 1903, the, w- the Women's Social and Political Union was formed by Emmeline Parkhurst, to fight for women's rights in Britain. Today in 1935, George Gershwin's Porgy and Bess opened on Broadway in New York. Today in 1954, Ho Chi Minh entered Hanoi after withdrawal of French troops. Today in 1963, From Russia with Love, the second James Bond film based on a novel by Ian Fleming and starring Sean Connery, premiered in London. And the same day, American chemist and anti-nuclear weapons campaigner Linus Pauling won the Nobel Peace Prize just as the first nuclear test treaty came into effect. And today, in 1965, the Supremes appeared on The Ed Sullivan Show. Heavenward last night in the northern sky, the Draconid meteor shower provided about 10 meteors per hour from the radiant point near the star's Eltonin and Rastaban in the constellation Draco the Dragon, while October's full moon, known variously as the Hunter's Moon, the Falling Leaves Moon, the Migrating Moon, the Freezing Moon, and the Sanguine Moon, among many other names, shone brightly. Scattered frost came to down east Maine this past week, though my girlfriend and I have been lucky so far, continuing to harvest our tomatoes, eggplants, and peppers near the south side of the house that for now is escaping the full negative effects of Mother Nature's seasonal shift to temperatures inhospitable to sensitive plants. We continue to hold out hope that these fine moments of autumn will keep sliding along for at least another month of the calendar. Early in the week, I received a phone call from an old friend's wife, sadly informing me that my once-upon-a-time boon-skiing and mountaineering companion had been taken by a brain tumor. He, who I had always thought was in the best health of anyone I knew. Mark Lance and I had spent considerable days climbing many of Colorado's 14ers and skiing their glaciers, in the years after he became an exceptional nature photographer whose work is still available at riverlightimages.com. Rest in peace, Mark. Our recent cooling nights are, of course, helping the foliage color display in Maine, with most areas above Millinocket now at peak color, and other areas soon to follow in the next week or two. Meanwhile, the New York Times observes this past week that the number of daily reported coronavirus cases in the United States is declining, 
with currently about 42,000 cases announced every day, and the daily average of deaths is at 390. In other words, though, at least 2,730 people are currently dying per week from COVID. Does that mean we can confidently say COVID is over? Or should we be popularizing post-COVID as a modifier when referring to the days ahead, when instead we have data showing that this disease continues to kill people at a significant rate? The United States to date has had 97 million cumulative cases of COVID since the first reported instances of the disease on January 21, 2020, BA4 and BA5 Omicron variants being responsible for almost all recent cases. Therefore, we continue to be the world's leader in COVID, with 16% of the world's 621 million cases, when we're only 4% of the world's population. 3 million of the world's 621 million reported cases were recorded this past week. Elsewhere on the planet, the major industrialized nations continue to hold second through seventh places, ranging from 45 million cumulative cases in India to 36 million cases in France, 35 million in Brazil, 34 million cases in Germany, 25 million in South Korea, and 24 million cases in the UK since the beginning of the pandemic more than two and a half years ago. On the fatal front, globally, current numbers of deaths due to COVID are officially at 6.6 million while COVID deaths here in the United States, according to Johns Hopkins and other credible sources, are presently at 1.1 million. Not a big number, perhaps, unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. Worldwide, more than 12.3 billion doses of vaccine have been administered, but remember that only 68% of all Americans are vaccinated, and not quite half of those vaccinated have been boosted. Today in 1900 in Washington, D.C., Helen Hayes was born to Catherine Brown and her husband, Francis Van Arnhem, a manager for a wholesale butcher. As a toddler, Helen was pigeon-toed, but her parents thought this condition might be corrected by dance lessons, so they sent her to the Miss Minnie Hawks Dancing School, and the lessons were effective. By the time Helen was five, she was a member of a theatrical company, and at nine, she was performing in New York. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us Helen left the stage to finish her education at a Catholic academy, but then went back to the bright lights as soon as she had graduated and thereafter began winning starring roles. In 1928, a young man at a cocktail party offered Helen a bowl of peanuts with the elegant pickup line, I wish these were emeralds. The man was playwright Charles MacArthur, and Helen married him. They had two children, Mary, who died of polio, and James, who became an actor. Helen Hayes continued her stage career, playing ingenue roles until, as she put it, I was squeezing cuteness out of my grease paint tubes and scooping charm out of my cold cream jars. She sought out and won substantial roles, developing her acting skills and becoming one of America's foremost stars in films and on Broadway, and became the first female EGOT, eventually winning an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony, and saying... Actors cannot choose the manner in which they are born. Consequently, it is the one gesture in their lives completely devoid of self-consciousness. Today is also the birthday in 1813 of Italian opera composer Giuseppe Verdi, in 1917 of American jazz pianist and composer Thelonious Monk, in 1930 of British playwright Harold Pinter, in 1941 of American actor 
Peter Coyote. In 1946, of American country folk singer-songwriter John Prine. In 1954, of American rock singer David Lee Roth. And in 1958, of American country singer-songwriter Tanya Tucker. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Acella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the fourth week of autumn.